Please join me for a word of prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When we sing that sermon hymn, Hark the Glad Sound, that's a, that's a song that I grew up with. When I was a kid, uh, my mom had a booklet and we had a little calendar and every night we would sing a verse of that song until finally that song becomes so kind of etched in your mind's eye that I can sing that without a, I don't need any words, I can just crank it right out. And it was about third grade. It was about third grade when, when we would do that. And I love when the children sing, you know, it's, we, we can, you know, any sort of engineering to get kids here, eh, whatever, but, but the children hold those songs in their heart. They remember those forever. They might not remember their, all their teachers, they may not remember their pastors, they may not remember, but, but, but somewhere, somehow, when they need the reservoir of faith, the depth and the richness that they have, the songs that are in their soul. That's kind of what comes out. So Mrs. Neben and Mrs. Kubusir and Miss Lincoln and Mrs. Mink, that's why they all get after it so hard and that's why the kids can sing so well. Is that we want them to have that gospel in their heart for that day where they have to reach back and say, you know, I don't remember all the math, but I do remember God of love. And what a powerful, powerful thing that is. Thank you so much for your work today. Well, I'm not married to lists. I have a pretty long list. Every Monday before 11 o'clock, I have my list of tasks that I have to do. And honestly, uh, it, it's not that long right now. The, the things are weighty. There's, there's a lot to them. They take a lot of time. But it's not the 4,000 things that come with the beginning of school. And I wonder how many of you are list makers and list followers, especially as we look at Thanksgiving having been late and Christmas coming and we lost anywhere between four and seven days depending on how you count, making the urgency of the tasks on the list even a little more intense. Sometimes when I make the list, and maybe you're like me, I, I, I put a few easy victories on that list. Pray to Jesus, checked off. Preaching Sunday, thought about message, checked off. Walk through school classrooms, check. There's just some easy victories on there. And maybe you're like that. Maybe you're not. Maybe you organize yourself according to how weighty the issues are. And you say, you know what? I got to put the big ones on top and I'm going to knock those big ones out. Klinkenberg and his easy thing, his list is too long. I only have four things I got to do, but each one is going to change the rotation of the world. It's all good. And what energizes you on that list? Is it the movement of task and you check them off and you say, that's one, that's two, I'm down. Or, or maybe like me when it gets to Thursday and you say, well... Uh, I got all the low-hanging fruit picked, now, now I got some heavy stuff to do here. And maybe that's the way you did school, and, and, and you train your kids not to procrastinate. And in the back of your mind, you're saying, ah, they'll get it done, it'll be all right. We'll get to the homework list and all of, and all of those things. But come December 24th and 25th, 
whether you have a few more things on your list or everything's checked off, you're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus. You're going to do that with the people you know and you love. Maybe your list of dinner and lunch and invitations and cards and all of those things are done and maybe they're, they're not. Either way, December 24th is on, on the way. And with that, we get to see a couple of lists, and there's three lists that I want to talk about briefly this morning. And and the first list is there in Isaiah chapter 35. John sends uh, the the, the first list, if you grab your bulletin and look at that lesson that that Miss Lincoln read, there's a list right there for you in that. Isaiah wrote that list. It had been a long time before God had spoken. And so the people wondered if God was silent, if God was quiet, if God had kind of given up, if God had abandoned his people. And Isaiah rose up and he said, no, 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 no. God is still working. He had not forgotten through civil war. He had not forgotten through outside war. He had not forgotten through politics. He had not forgotten through economics. God had not somehow abandoned his people or said, "Uh, it's all good, I'm just going to let you go. God set a list of what the Messiah would do and be. And as we dust off the treasures in our garage to put up into our homes, so Isaiah dusted off the list of what the promised Messiah would be like when he showed up so that so that that Messiah would be recognized and recognizable so that people wouldn't have to guess and say, well, maybe that's him and maybe that's not. Isaiah's list is right here. Number one. The eyes of the blind will be open. Number two, the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Number three, the lame will leap like a deer. Number four, the mute tongue will shout for joy. Number five, water will gush from the desert and there will be streams in the wilderness. Number six, the burning ground will become a pool. Number seven, there'll be a pathway there, a way of righteousness. Isaiah is saying that the Messiah is going to change everything. He's going to come and people's lives will be restored. Hurting people will be comforted. People who struggle with physical maladies will find healing. And where people are oppressed by sin and depression and guilt, God will bring peace and grace and forgiveness. And, and, And stuff is going to be changed even so much so that The whole world will be refreshed with his presence. He will lead his people in righteousness. The Messiah will bring gladness and joy while sorrow and sighing will be sent away. All of those pictures, all of those lists. Will you know that Messiah when you see him, when he stands with you face to face? Are you going to be able to check the list and say, "Uh uh uh-huh, 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 got it. There's another list, a second list that's a little less serious And certainly not very spiritual, but it's a list that you've heard. A list written by John Frederick Coots and Haven Gillespie in a song first sung on the radio in November of 1934, when America was at the heart of the Great Depression, when people felt like there was little hope. A a song came out, and when it came out, it sold 500,000 copies. And that was just sheet music. And you can Google sheet music to figure out what that is. And 24 hours after that song was played on the radio for the first time, 30,000 records sold in 24 
out. The list you know, and the song is, Santa Claus is coming to town. And the lyric I'm thinking about, you probably already have your finger on. He's making a list, he's checking it. He's going to find out who's... Santa Claus is coming to, to town. Good. Not so spiritual, but some realities in there for us, aren't there? Are you on the naughty list or the nice list in 2019? Because if you're on the nice list, Santa Claus is going to come and bring you something good. And if you're on the naughty list, then you'll get coal or worse. Some people get caught up in the naughty part of that, not in a nefarious, um, intentional way. But some people look back at 2019 and struggle. They look at those days in the calendar where maybe they were naughty or perceived as naughty, where there were things that you should have done and you didn't do, and you regret that. You say, had I done this, my life would have been better. Had I done this, I would have had a greater effect in my family. Had I done this, it would have gone a little bit more smoothly for me. Or maybe on the other side of that naughty list are things that you did. And you said, man, that was a huge mistake. Why in the world did I do that? Given the possibility, given the choice, why in the heck did I let that go? What was I thinking? And some people have a cloud over their lives that says naughty, 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 naughty. And they live with the guilt of that and the shame of that. And as they get to the end of the year, they say, my list is kind of dark and my list is kind of problematic. And I'm not sure where to put this list or how to unload this list. Naughty, naughty, naughty. The list of transgressions and sins could be long. And we wonder if we could even make it onto the Messiah's list of the and there's the nice list right the implication being that if you're nice enough then you get more presents which is very cool if you're nice and really horrible if you're naughty and so some people keep track of all the good things that they do they look at how wonderful they are in comparison to other people and when John the Baptist was preaching he had a word for those people who raised their hand and said I'm great I'm nice I'm nicer than you, and I'm nicer than you, and I'm more generous than you, and I'm more gracious than you. And in condescension and in self-righteousness, they would stand as kind of judges over people and say, we are the religious establishment. Look how great we are. Some people have that sort of condescension in their lives. They compare across or compare down and say, well, I'm better than that person. I got this together. My life's great, blah, blah, blah. Jesus had a word for people like that. He wanted to have humility instead of pride and connection to people rather than comparisons to others. And so that list kind of, when it's etched in our own handwriting about how nice we are. Maybe we need to rethink that too. And our need for the Redeemer and our need for the Messiah. Two lists, one more to go. 
There's a marvelous list in Matthew chapter 12, beginning at verse 2. You can almost feel the tension in the room. The disciples of John the Baptist, a little bit older, maybe teenagers, come to Jesus. And they say, we see thus and such and thus and such and thus and such. We see all of these things. And they look at Jesus and they say in verse 2, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? And Jesus said, well, check off the list. Just look and see and you tell me what the deal is. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and good news is preached to the poor. And the list from Isaiah and the list from Matthew align perfectly so that John's disciples go and say, Jesus is the one. Jesus is it. You can talk all you want about thus and such, but every other prophet who's come couldn't check off the list. But Jesus checks all the boxes. And I imagine they went back to with big smiles on their face. John's in jail and they said to him, John, he's the one. Your life has not been wasted. Your messages are not in vain. Everything that you prophesied is coming down and Jesus is the Messiah. He's the guy. He is the one who is to come. Just look at the list. So do you put yourself on the naughty list or the nice list? For those who look at 2019 and see themselves on the naughty list, rest assured of this, Jesus is your redeemer. Jesus came not to collect sins, but to remove them. He came to save his people from their sins, which is the meaning of his name. The list of your naughty days, the list of your sinful actions are not etched upon your heart. Rather, what is etched upon your heart is the forgiveness of sins in the blood of Jesus. And that is certain. You belong to God through Jesus and your naughty days don't. Mark, the Messiah is here for you. And for those with a little self-righteousness and condescension, look a little bit deeper into your heart, a little bit more deeply into your soul. For the Messiah comes to break the pride of those of us who don't think we need God's redemption. When we look deeply, we see our profound need for God. And the Messiah checks the box, giving meaning to those works of service that are steeped in humility, that point us back to the cross of Christ and remind us that we are identified as Christians and those who live and serve on the pathway of righteousness in the name of Jesus. So keep checking off your lists and your tasks. That's all a good thing to do. Went to church. Time for lunch. Bears Packers at noon. Go baby go. <laughs> but when those lists are done and the tasks are completed, dig just a little bit beyond the veneer. Dig a little bit into the heart and the soul of Christmas. Look for a little bit deeper meaning and there you find that marvelous list that Jesus came to give you. 
faith and hope and love and joy and peace. All yours in Jesus, the Messiah. Amen.